All right, let's do a sound check. Why don't you go ahead and uh, say something interesting? Korean Jesus is arrested and going to jail. Korean Jesus? What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) 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 75-year-old Korean Jesus. And just like that. All right, folks, it is to December 9th, 2018, and this is your weekend update. What's going on, Ryan? Uh, well, it's, uh, colder than it was last week. In the studio? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's something quintessentially Canadian about podcasting outdoors year-round. I agree. But, uh, it's hard as fuck. It's either being a little bit cold or, uh, have to endure constant interruptions from my children. (laughs) (laughs) It's an easy choice. Come on. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Any good Canadian can buckle down for, I don't know, an hour or so, uh, out in the cold, I think. I agree. As part of our culture heritage, we've kind of like uh, figured out ways to deal with this sort of thing. <laughs> it's all about layers, layering, and whiskey. Whiskey is key. I, I, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Hard, hard liquor in general. I agree. All right, so uh, I'm hoping that you got some uh, some good stuff for me this week because I've been hearing little little. Uh, uh, little inklings of what's going on, but I don't know. I don't pay attention, so I just like I hear things from people, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'm I, I wait to hear from Ryan at the end of the week, and that's it's kind of it works out really good actually, because like I just completely ignore everyone because I don't follow the news. But then, but then of course, like people are trying to tell me stuff during the week, and I'm like, ah, don't don't tell me. I don't care. That, I'm find out at the end of the week from Ryan. So, what do you got for me? Yeah, well, you know, it's um the same old thing. Like, uh, um, I guess the liberals they've just um, kind of released that there's going it, liberals here in Canada. Um, they've released that uh, there's going to be just over a 19 billion dollar deficit going into next year. Is that all? Uh, which is, it's just kind of funny because um, when he was running for election, Justin Trudeau said that 2019 there will be a $1 billion uh, surplus. <laughs> so we're headed to a $19 billion deficit. And to actually make this funnier, like I really don't care like too much because governments just piss your money away. But I'm saying this is the guy who said, and I quote, budgets balance themselves. Oh, and so oh, okay. I I have to raise the question to Justin Trudeau: Did this balance, but did this budget balance itself? <laughs> How'd that work out for you, buddy? Well, I mean, from my perspective, one billion dollar surplus or nineteen billion dollar deficit—what's the difference, really? I mean, come on. Yeah, all the money they're they're spending, anyways, they're just taking from the people. It's all ill-gotten gains. Exactly. So I don't see the problem. But, there, there, there is a little bit of funny thing is that like, there's 
still obviously plenty of people who support Justin and what he's doing. And I'm just wondering, I'm like, what do these people's home finances look like? Because, <laughs> like, you would fire anyone who was just like, you know what, uh, if we if we do this and we do that, we might have, you know, whatever amount of money left over. And then, like, that time comes and it's like, well, actually, it's uh, 20 times in the opposite direction. I've been looking at your finances, and you're coming back to me after a few years thinking that maybe you'd have 10 grand in the bank or something, mm. but instead you're, you're like um, 100 grand in the hole. Reality check. Yeah, it's just kind of like... Okay. Yeah, so right. I... I, I I find it more funny just because this is the guy who's talked about balancing budgets and like it's funny to see him kind of fall on his face. But um <laughs> I I think the uh the the coolest thing going on in Canada right now in okay. terms of Canadian news I and know. I don't know if you've heard this from any of your people but okay. did you hear about and I'm going to butcher this but that Huawei Technologies they make phones and shit Yes, I, I know. The, I know the company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who okay. away? Yeah. Um, their chief financial officer was in Vancouver. Okay. Uh, a woman named uh, uh, Meng Weizhou. Um, obviously from China, you know. <laughs> a woman named a, a woman named who gives a fuck? Okay. Yeah, Ming Weizhou, the All CFO right. of Huawei, right. uh, uh, was um visiting Vancouver, like, on some business thing or whatever, and she got arrested by the Canadian police. Oh. Yeah, and we're, uh, I guess we're going to um, um, uh, extradite her to the United States. She was actually, she was detained and arrested in Vancouver on December 1st on what? a U.S. warrant. Yeah. She was actually, she was en route to um, um, Mexico from Hong Kong. So she had a stopover in Canada, mm -hmm. and we nabbed her. Wow. Yeah, for um, and she's wanted in the United States because um, uh, that Huawei or whatever yeah. is uh, being ex um, um, accused of planting like devices uh, um, to steal technology and to commit espionage and all this stuff and all the electronics they're sending over here yeah that's a huge company man yeah so uh but... i guess they're like heavily involved in spy tech and stuff and they're just wow. like basically just a government you know front and they're just sending all this stuff over and now this kind of kind of like the first story with justin trudeau where it's like now it's kind of coming back to bite you in the ass, mm -hmm. you know, Trudeau is the guy saying, you know, we're going to have $1 billion surplus, now we have $19 billion. How can the United States complain about a company that is spying on its residents and <laughs> tapping phones and stuff out of all the countries in the world? I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Barack Obama, as you may recall, was, was, uh, his administration was caught not only bugging pretty much every phone in the United States of America, but every phone around the whole world, at least any of the important countries. <laughs> Canadians hate Donald
Trump and love Barack Obama, yet Barack Obama got caught tapping our prime minister's phones, including his private phones, yeah. and listening to all his conversations, yeah. including the German leaders and the British leaders and the French leaders, all their so-called allies. But we love Barack. <laughs> well, so it sounds to me that the U.S. is arresting this Chinese person for the same thing that they do. So, you know, once she goes to the States, like, sucks for you. um, But there's actually a few countries that um, um, have banning Huawei equipment. Australia's completely banned anything from them. Because they were like yeah. a, they were a major competitor to uh, to Samsung and Apple phones, they were making smartphones. Yeah, yeah, and laptops, a whole bunch of shit. They got listed here. Wow. But, but um, in okay. a bunch more countries haven't banned them outright, but they've uh, discouraged the use of the equipment, and they've banned the sale of the phones and stuff on military bases. Okay. So. Hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting because apparently there's a Huawei subsidiary, wholly owned subsidiary in the United States. So I wonder how that's going to work for them. Hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty big news. You know, the last uh, uh, last show I mentioned how Trudeau talks up the big anti-Trump game in order to win votes from Canadians, but he constantly, like, Canada always does is just toe their line, and here he is doing it again. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if any of your the normal people, you know, <laughs> um, mentioned that, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's no. no. That's that's low down on the list of uh, of normals, I think. But. Really? It's interesting. I I don't mean no. It's it's interesting. It's just it seems low down on. I I don't think most people have heard of this company. What I think it's spelled H U A W E I. Is that what? yes? So yeah, this is a there. It's a Chinese tech company making electronic devices that they're trying to peddle in. North America, especially, but also Europe, and and trying to compete with with Apple and and Samsung devices, and and there's and there's spies, apparently. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know, all this stuff's constantly going around. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, you got all these people. I was in a um, a store recently. Mm-hmm. And I walk in, and I'm kind of looking around for uh, Christmas gifts or whatever junk I'm looking to purchase. And I see a sign that says, spend $200 or more and receive a free Amazon Echo, which is like literally a listening device that you purposefully place into your home. So you can just order shit on Amazon through your voice. It could be like, Echo, I want, you know. It's It's called Echo now? Amazon Echo, yes. That's like, is, is that the new Alexa? No, the I Alexa, know, I, I think, think it's that. Google. I think Google is Alexa, oh. isn't it? I thought, no, I thought, I, I thought Alexa I, was Amazon. 
I've I've um brushed over all of these uh oh. um listening devices. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, okay. Well, this is I... Echo Echo. Okay, so Alexa's something different, man, cuz you can get an Amazon Echo yeah. that comes with Alexa. Oh. Okay. So I think Alexa is the like the voice software program that's also on their phones. Oh. Just from what I'm reading real quick. And Echo is a thing that's specifically for buying stuff from Amazon. Okay, so here I'm reading. If you get the Echo that comes with Alexa, not only can you do the Amazon order me, you know, some more toilet paper. Yeah. The diarrhea. Yeah. Without getting up off the toilet. Mm-hmm. You can also say echo play music and do the other stuff alexa does on your phone so you can get news and information so nice yeah i don't see a problem with that (laughs) i don't see a problem with that at all (laughs) no i don't at all no i'm serious i'm gonna get one of these in every room i'm actually serious like i think that's that's awesome i'm actually serious and i think that's the worst thing ever because all these things have already been proven to, uh, they're just spying on you. I know that. They're not actually no, trying no, no, to. No, 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 no. I, I 100% agree with you. I know that they're spying on, on me, and and I think that's awesome. I think that's fine. That's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's totally weird. But, like, the way I look at it is, like, well, like who the fuck are you? Like, who cares? Well, see, that's the thing is that um, they're going to be hunting down people who are the people you don't care about. They're going to be using this technology to hunt out, hunt down people that's like playing baby. It's cold inside outside in their house, <laughs> which, of course, I'm sure you've heard has been banned from a number of radio stations. Okay, now, now, I'm glad you brought that up because literally last night I heard my wife told me that this song is apparently offensive now. And then, an hour later, I was at the grocery store, and I heard this song. And I'm thinking, okay, so who is telling people that it's offensive? Because the radio stations are still playing it. This is something that's happening um, every year now. Oh, Uh Actually, it's these it's feminists or social justice warriors who say mm-hmm. it promotes rape culture. Okay. Um, the radio station where I live, there's a 24/7 like Christmas Carol station starting December 1st. Okay. And uh, they were so concerned about this that they held a poll to be like, "Do you want us to include this on the playlist?" And like 96% of respondents or whatever said, "Yes, play it. Whatever. We don't care." but there is a few people that are horribly outraged, and that's usually what it is. That's what our society now is controlled by. Is yeah, it's special interest groups. Yeah. Pink-haired, grossly overweight, <laughs> piercings all over their face and their ears. They've got tattoos that start on their hands. They go all the way up their arms. They're ugly outside and inside. These are the people who are wow. complaining about this. Okay. And I'm going to call it up straight out. Okay. Now, I work 
I work in a retail establishment that plays Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. We had our Christmas carols on for 30 minutes mm-hmm. before we had a crusader complain about we had baby, it's cold outside play, and they told us we shouldn't do it. Mm. Yeah. So the response was not what it should be, which is go shop somewhere else. The response was we just don't play any Christmas carols now. Really? We have no Christmas carols at the store I work at. You're serious right now? I'm 100% serious. We had it on probably less than 30 minutes before we got our first crusading social justice warrior accusing us of promoting date rape by oh. having baby is cold outside play on them. Oh, wow. And the thing about this whole thing being date rape, it just shows how, and you know I'm a huge history buff. I know history about the dumbest things, and I'll admit that it's just my hobby. Yeah. Um, it just shows how fucking dumb these people are. Because we talked last week about these social justice warriors complaining about Sausage Street. Yep. In France, and how they they're like, oh, you know, oh, sausage is meat, it's hate crime, and the, we we find out that the 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 street is actually named after a, an elderly woman who was yep. stooped over. Yeah. Yeah. In the same sense, one of the, the main phrases that they complain about is, you know, in the you're familiar with the song, so you know it's a back and forth between a man and a woman. Yeah. And uh, the woman, the man hands her a drink, and the woman takes a sip, and she says, oh, what's in this drink? Mm-hmm. They're, they're saying that, like, oh, it's either he's roofied it, or he's adding tons of alcohol to it, and he's trying to get her drunk so he can <laughs> rape her when she's incapacitated. Okay. This, now, to get back to my point of how stupid they are, if you go back to when that song was written mm-hmm. and first formed, and even to this day, if you, for example, if you say, hey, Ryan, make me a whiskey and a Coke, mm-hmm. and I bring you a Coke, and I didn't put enough whiskey in it, you're going to say something like, did you put any whiskey in this? Yeah. There was a very popular joke that if someone gave you a, a drink that was either too, you know, watered down or didn't have any alcoholic at, alcohol in it at all, you would say something along the lines of, what's in this drink? It's yeah. a very popular joke. So yeah. what she's actually saying is, what, is it just giving me plain eggnog <laughs> here? Like, what's this? Like, you know, this isn't a Christmas party. Um, another thing that I think upsets these feminists most about this song and believe it or not, I, I wasn't even mentioned, planning on mentioning this, this whole thing. Yeah. Because it is stupid, but... It is stupid. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's interesting, well, though. <laughs> it is interesting to show how completely detached from reality, and, you know, they'll spend all their time making up genders and stuff, but they'll never actually consider history when they want to try to paint something they see in society they don't like. And all history is, and I try to explain it this way, is history just gives you the context of a situation in the world that you're seeing. You can't walk into any situation and you have two options. You can either A, look at what you're seeing and then fill in the backstory yourself based on only what you observe, or you can look into the events leading up to that and that gives you the context for what you're seeing. Yeah. So, 
what they don't like to notice is when she's saying, no, I don't want to stay, I don't want to, he's pressuring him. That was normal in courting before you would go out and fuck seven guys at a bar. <laughs> you played hard to get. <laughs> yeah. They don't like that. Uh-huh. They don't like a woman trying to, you know, they want a woman for some reason, third wave feminism or whatever it's called, seems to hold up as the pinnacle of womanhood the woman who acts like the worst stereotypical man that they think actually exists. They, it's, they, they believe men are just partying womanizers, and they believe the highest point of a woman should be to go around, have sex with as many men as they can, um, to ugly themselves down. Like, they'll, they'll never, like I said, like, their idea of makeup is like looking like the old goth kids we used to make fun of in high school. Yeah. Hmm. And these are the people that are trying to educate women on how to act. And it's just like, you know what? The woman is acting hard to get because she's not going to be the woman who's easy to get. She's going to be the woman who's going to get a certain kind of man who's willing himself to... Um, prove, kind of go through a process of trying to prove himself to be worthy of having a relationship with her. Because this is still from an era where sexual intercourse was expected to be, you know, within marriage and within, you know, a relationship between, you know, a man and a woman. And it wasn't just something that was all over the place all the time. Yeah. Hmm. This isn't the only instance where you 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 look at you know something historical through a modern lens and then you're appalled. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, if you're appalled, like maybe it's cold outside. Again, you're like a very lame person. They'll wear their tattoos and they'll have their head half shaved and they'll all look all tough. But these people are the weakest, most vile people you'll ever meet when you actually have a discussion with them. <laughs> and I talk to them all the time. They hate me. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty upfront. I, I um, but like maybe it's cold outside. So you know, let's just say like I don't know. I don't know. I'm already <laughs> feel like I've spent way too much time and energy on this whole thing. It's the same thing every time. Like they're either even after a, a Rudolph. Have you heard that? No. Rudolph the red-nosed no. reindeer. No. Explain it. No, I haven't heard that. They're they, oh, they're all upset because they're like it's it's bullying and all this stuff and um. Okay, hold on. Now, one thing that I did hear randomly is that a professor is claiming that Mary did not give consent. To being impregnated with <laughs> with God's son. Now, can, can, can you can you speak to that? I I can. I actually I, I I I again I wasn't really planning on hitting on this, but I uh, you um I'll kind of just give you off the top of my head what I got while I look up the resource here because I know exactly where I need to go to get the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the best, uh, how do I say, um, analysis of this particular 
thing. All right. Now, All right. so the background is some, and it's a male professor. Okay. And um, so, like, first of all, how effeminate and weak is this guy? Like, I can only picture a soy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna lose some fans on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! The funniest thing that you just said is that we have fans. Hey, we do have fans. In this last week, I've I've had two people who I had no idea were listening to the show, or even know I had a show, come up and comment to me about the show. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they've listened to multiple shows. You know how we had that period proof thing? Yeah. Very popular. Really. Yeah, one guy said he couldn't stop laughing. He thought he was going to pee himself. <laughs> and then he had to go to the internet and look it up because he did believe it. And then he peed himself again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, so people are listening, apparently. Okay. all right. And these aren't even people I really know that well. Like, they're, they're co-workers, but, you know, right. every 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 workplace, you know, you kind of have your core of people that you yeah. hang with. Yep. Um, Fair enough. So, yeah, um... This person, um, oh yeah, perfect, okay, I found it right at the perfect time. Okay, so the claim is that, uh, you know, God didn't ask her permission, mm-hmm. whatever. And so, like, oh, and this is actually not the first time I've heard this. I've heard this multiple times from people who try to, like I say, hashtag me to God. Yeah. Like, what do you try to, and... The Bible is very accessible. Not only do you have the internet yeah. with multiple religions, the Bible's everywhere. Yeah. You know, like, and so in this story in the Bible, she clearly says, and I'm going to quote Luke 1, verse 38. And wait. Mary's. Wait, this is this is King James Version? Um. I don't know. Because <laughs> we, we, we clearly have people listening to this, and obviously there, there are fact checkers. Okay, okay uh, you know uh, what? Go, I'll go just, ahead. Go ahead. I, okay. I'm just going to – because all they did – I just – Okay. You know, I'll, I'll – um, I'm not entirely sure. I'll just say <laughs> this for, for posterity. I'm a Roman Catholic. Okay. okay. So there right. you go. All right. I don't know if this is from the Catholic version or not. All right. Hashtag I'm biased. Sure, I'm just saying this particular thing is, and Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And then the angel departed from her. Okay. So to me, that sounds like she's saying after the angel has told her the plan, she said, behold, and I guess she's pointing to herself handmaid of the Lord, and then she says, be it unto me according to thy word. So she's saying, do to me what you say you want to do. And then the angel left. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And uh, um, I guess... uh, (laughs) Not to play play devil's advocate here, but but like, like who, who wrote that down? Was it her? Who wrote what down? Those words that she said. Like, who wrote that down? I don't know. Well, we have to remember that um, Mary lived for some time after Jesus' death, and we're not entirely sure how long. Yeah. 
And it was, she was alive during the point where they were writing down the first Gospels. So it would make sense that this would be a person you would want to interview about what just happened. (laughs) So I'm guessing someone asked Mary, yo, what's your part of this story? Because people don't realize that Luke, in particular, he was a uh, he was a doctor. He was a, a medical doctor by profession, and um, he was a very well learned man. And when he wrote his gospel, he wasn't an apostle. He was like a sidekick. Okay. But he was a historian, mm-hmm. kind of like. And there's some good historians from that period. Like most people have heard of Josephus, the Jewish historian. Yep. And uh, stuff like that. And Luke was right up there. Like, he was just a very well-learned man. And um, he traveled all over the place compiling stories from first-hand accounts. Well, he wrote his gospel. And uh, so all of Luke isn't his first-hand account. It's him going around and interviewing people. So I would assume that he interviewed Mary, who would have still been alive for quite some time after Jesus' death. Because hmm. she was young. You know, usually she's around 12 or 13 years old or whatever, Yeah. you know, assuming. And Jesus was, what, assuming around 33-year-old when he was crucified. Yeah. So that would make her not that old, actually. That's true. And I know a lot of a lot of people assume that in the, you know, I had some one guy, I've actually had this conversation before, and one guy was like, oh, well, you know, in the ancient world, people died when they were 40. <laughs> And I was like, no, no, they didn't. And he was like, yeah, right up until, like, the 1900s, people died when they were 40. I was like, Benjamin Franklin lived to be, like, 87. (laughs) There's a lot of people who lived well into old age, even then. Yeah. Like, um, and speaking of living age, and we're kind of on the topic, like, um, um, John would have lived for quite some time because he was young, and he... Who? Wait, what? The Apostle John. Oh, the Apostle John. You broke up there. I couldn't hear you. Yeah, the Apostle John lived for quite some time. And, you know, it's believed that he uh, wrote Revelation at quite an old age. Now there's also, like, a a debate that maybe it was a different John who wrote that. But I uh, I tend to follow the belief. And, you know, I got some uh, kind of... I've read both sides of the historical argument over this, whether John who wrote Revelation, was the same, what they would call John Patmos, or the beloved disciple. But uh, as like an archaeological buff, the island of Patmos was kind of like the Roman Empire's Alcatraz. Okay. Yeah, it was like a mining prison colony that they had for, you know, people they just wanted to get away from agitators and just the worst of the worst. Yeah. So John was eventually sent there, and uh, it was kind of held in Catholic tradition, because the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church has a very long memory, Hmm. you know, like, very, very long memory. And um, they kind of held a a tradition that um, John was sent to Patmos, lived in a cave, and um, that's where he received the revelation of uh, Jesus, which he wrote in Revelation. Yeah. Um, Many, many, many years later on Patmos, they found what they believe is the cave, archaeologists. Hmm. Uh, going right back to the time of Revelation being written is a bunch of engravings on the wall from um, first century Christians, like proclaiming this to be John's cave, 
and even engravings that proclaim to be or claim to be from John himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he as you could picture him with like a long bearded old man who, uh, by the way, this was they sent him there because he survived two death sentences, <laughs> and so they're kind of like, well, we can't kill him, might as well throw him in some cave on some island where he can't really um, have much of a um, influence. Yeah. But uh, they think that because you know he was amongst prisoners and prisoners you know, during the early part of Christianity, pretty much anyone who was outside of accepted society, they were, you know, liable to be recruited by the Christians and become Christians. Mm-hmm. So they believe at some point, you know, his revelation was smuggled out by someone anyways, out of the prison. But, uh, yeah, apparently he survived some crazy shit. Like, hmm. uh, they tried to poison him and he got really, really sick, but recovered and like a whole bunch of crazy stuff about his life. Pretty interesting. Hmm. But yeah, so I guess the professor was from, to bring it back to what we were actually talking about, <laughs> professor apparently was from Minnesota, okay. obviously has, like, obviously hasn't even taken, again, we go back to this outrage from social justice warriors where they don't even take, it seems five minutes to be like, you know what, before I react wildly, maybe I should take a look at some context and maybe do some research into what I'm about to claim. Yeah. Because anyone who is like, okay, wow, wow, God raped Mary? And then you go to the Bible, you're like, oh, well, it doesn't seem like that at all. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, Okay. Yeah, very strange. All right. Well, what else you got for me? Well, you know what? Before we leave this, I wonder what that, (laughs) what does that professor think about Muhammad taking a nine-year-old wife? Nine-year-old wife? Nine-year-old wife when he was in his fifties. Do you think the professor's going to speak publicly about that? that? That's awkward. I think not, <laughs> because you know those evil Christians—they're not liable to try to bust down your fucking front door with an axe and try to murder you. That's true. That's... Which happened to a fellow in Britain who um, um, released a comic of uh, Muhammad, who had a bomb hidden inside his turban. You know, true. a very a very cartoonish image, like kind of like an Acme, those old big round bombs with like the, yeah. the wick coming out. So hidden in his turban, he had one of those, and it was just said Muhammad. Uh, and uh, so naturally, he gets these people trying to butcher him with a fucking axe. So it's easy, <laughs> it's easy to go after Christians because people know they're not going to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And you get in the news, and you get some coverage, and suddenly people know your name. Even though you're some piece of shit professor who doesn't know his fucking asshole from the hole in the ground, apparently. <laughs> it's just, it's dumb. I don't understand it. Hmm. Um, okay. Man. Speaking I... of people who are dumb, this yep. is an angry show. <laughs> I'm not planning <laughs> to be this angry. But it is. <laughs> Have you heard of. And you got to remember this name. I know this politician doesn't matter. They're not powerful. They're actually a who cares person. Okay. But you have to remember their name and look, keep, just keep tabs on this woman. Okay. Because she is one of the dumbest people in, in world politics today. All right. She's a newly elected Democratic Congresswoman by the name of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. And I've been really wanting to mention her lately, because I've been laughing my ass over this person. 
because she is dumb, dude. Mm-hmm. She says the dumbest thing. For exact, for she, example, she's in the states. Yes, she's only twenty nine years old. Okay. She's young. She became a congressman, and um, congresswoman. Congresswoman, yep. Yeah. And she's um just unbelievably stupid. Like she says the craziest things that, and she does publicly. Like she has like you know. She's kind of like the Democrats' trendy twenty-nine-year-old um, um, social media star. Like they treat her like she's a rock star. She gets on all the, and again, I've mentioned before how kids seem to think like watching late night or something like that, or like uh, Stephen Colbert is is news. Mm-hmm. They don't realize it's satire. Mm-hmm. She gets on all these shows, and you know the youngins they they love her, and like I'm just going to say some of the things. Like for example. She was at some pho- photographer shoot for some fancy thing, because, you know, that's who she is. And she, someone asked her, like, you can't even run for president for another six years. You know, like, you people are rooming you having a presidential run. And she says that uh, she claims, and she puts this stuff on video, that the Constitution only places a presidential age limit on men. And really? she's threatened to run, Yeah, and she's threatened to run for president if the republics Republicans don't pass the Equal Rights Amendment, which is kind of funny because the Equal Rights Amendment was many years ago, like 30-plus. It was shot down, and it was shot down because um, women thought that it would would be detrimental to them, Mm -hmm. that it would make them completely equal to men in every single way. And the women were like, no, we we don't want equal rights. We, We deserve some special rights, for example. You know, we want... It was right-wing women more than anything that defeated it, because they're like, we don't mind men holding doors open for us. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, she says that um, although we've been joking because the Equal Rights Amendment has been passed, the Constitution technically says he cannot run until he's 35. So what we'll do is we'll force the Republican Party to pass the Equal Rights Amendment by threatening to run for president. Okay, so her claim is that the, pres- the the Constitution says he and only stops men. But um, the problem is, is if I look up the U.S. Constitution, Article 2, Section 1, it says, No person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained the age of 35 years and been 14 years a resident within the United States. Okay. Okay, so she's based her entire plan to force the Republicans to pass the Equal Rights Movement on the idea that only men are restricted. On the idea, that, on the idea that women are not persons. I guess so. Right? Well, no, she, no, her claim was that it says he... And men. No, she says it says no man except a natural born citizen and uses the words he. But it does, and it says person. Mm-hmm. Uses non gender. Non she should be praising it. These guys were so far ahead of their time they didn't they didn't use gender exclusive language. They were all inclusive. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Um so that's mm. the that's one in a number of, of things that she says is incredibly stupid. Like you'd think you it's kind of like the Bible thing. Like, in the United States, getting a copy of the United States Constitution isn't particularly hard to do. 
it um and maybe if you're going to claim it maybe you should maybe read it mm-hmm. or at least know something about what you're talking about in an earlier video, this woman, and I said I've been wanting to talk about it for a while, so now I'm just going to do all of her stupidity at once. These are the people who are in government, and people might get mad at me for, um, you know, not, uh, um, you know, kind of brushing off politicians and not caring about politics, but, like, can you blame me when this Ocasio-Cortez person, who was elected to government by all those great voters, said, if we work our butts off to make sure that we take back all three chambers of Congress, uh, rather, all three chambers of government, the presidency, (laughs) the Senate, and the House in 2020. Hmm. You just elected a person to congresswoman who believes that the three chambers of government, which, what the fuck is a chamber of government? She believes there's the presidency, the Senate, and the House. No, I think what this woman is talking about, I'm a Canadian, and I know that the three branches of the United States government are the judiciary, the um, Legislative. executive, yeah. the executive, and the uh, the uh, legislative branch, yeah. the legislative branch being both the Congress and the Senate, mm-hmm. the judiciary being the courts, mm-hmm. and the presidency being the executive. Mm-hmm. Not the presidency, the Senate, and the House. <laughs> In fact, they're not three chambers of government. The Senate and the House are just two chambers of a legislative branch of the government. You just elected a person to a position she doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> this person's making a lot more money than us, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Most people are. Un- man. <laughs> and this is what your politicians are like. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, I am mm-hmm. picking on poor Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, mm-hmm. but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Because once again... Donald Trump Jr., uh, Donald Trump's oldest son, and he's not the smartest guy in the world. He's kind of dumb, too. Uh, he tweeted some picture, because Ocasio-Cortez claims to be a socialist Democrat. That's how she She doesn't just say, I'm a Democrat, I'm a socialist Democrat. Okay. And she's, she's a member of some socialist Democrat co- uh, um, caucus within the Democratic Party in the United States. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Donald Trump Jr., who's, you know, Maybe as smart as two bricks. I won't say as dumb as a brick, but maybe only smart as two bricks together. <laughs> <laughs> Not the smartest guy in the world. He tweets this meme photo, like one of those photo meme things, of um, um, Donald Trump and Ocasio-Cortez having like a fake exchange, you know. Um, and she gets mad at Donald for, you know, dissing her in this mean and she threatens she says well it's not very smart to be you know insulting someone because she's just a congresswoman elect right now she's not actually in congress they still have to get sworn in she mm-hmm. says it's not very smart to be insulting someone who soon will have the uh authority to subpoena you immediately people are like chiming in like you realize it's against congressional rules to threaten punitive punishment on someone for just 
insulting you or disagreeing with you politically. Like, it's actually against the rules, and you can get kicked out of Congress for doing it. So I'm in Congress, and she's, she's so uneducated and so dumb. She threatens punitive, you know, um, legal subpoenas for just making fun of her in a meme about socialism. Like, was, I don't remember what it was about socialism not having food or something like that. Like, you know, it was just something, like, not really particularly offensive, just. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, remember that name. I think it's going to be some funny shit uh, in the future. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, now, uh, more importantly, uh, UFOs? Oh, I'm glad... I'm glad you asked me for that, man, because <laughs> I'll admit, uh, I've been looking at this UFO stuff quite a bit. All right. I'm glad you're uh, Like, uh, this all this may be a less angry part of the show, so just, that's good. Just wait. G- give me a second here. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Um... This will be a, a, a less angry part of the show because I like UFOs and yeah. um, things who, like that. Who doesn't like the UFOs? Come on. I mean, wait. Well, someone wait, must not. No, 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 no. We're not calling them UFOs anymore. We're calling them AAVs. AAVs? Right. I prefer, like, when the British say UFO, they actually say UFO. Oh, I like that. I saw a UFO. Okay. I've always liked that. I always liked that. I like yeah, that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I think you can pick whatever you want. All right. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I've got I've got a few uh, UFO stories. I do also have South Korean Jesus. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a very quick one. I'll just say it. Okay. I don't know All if right. I got recorded at the beginning of the show no it didn't oh no it didn't well i teased before i guess we were recording that south korean jesus um this south korean cult leader was arrested for apparently you know um sexually assaulting like a bunch of his members it's the same old story we've heard a million times before but this this 75 year old people believe that the guy can cure aids yeah change the weather Reverse dwarfism. <laughs> the only so question, anyways, the only question I have is, can he actually do that? Who knows? Maybe they're jailing this guy for you know. Maybe he is a persecuted Jesus. Who knows? But he's being jailed for uh, fifteen years for rape. He's seventy-five. Come on. Yep. Yeah. We'll see. Uh... We'll see if he gets out. But. I just thought that was an interesting story because, like, reverse dwarfism. You don't hear that very often. Did you just say he's 75? Yes. And he believe, he he claims to be the manifestation of the Holy Spirit made manifest into a human person. Well, I believe him. Hey, you know what? What's the um, problem? I have no reason to not believe him. I, I don't see a problem with that, Quinn. So um, we uh, what we need is an enterprising individual with dwarfism mm-hmm. to visit this guy in prison in South Korea, and then come back six foot two inches tall. All right, that'll be a true believer. 
<laughs> I'm going to put that out towards our uh, our huge audience. If anyone anyone in the uh, weekend update audience is a dwarf, uh, we're going to set you up with. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. We have no money. Uh, but if you could make your way to South Korea, and uh, and and hook up with. Uh, no, I shouldn't say hook up. I can't say that. Fuck. <laughs> you can't do it. It's rape culture. That's rape. Oh fuck! I'm in trouble now. Okay. Um. Yeah. Anyway, go go ahead, buddy. You you know what we will set you up with an all expenses paid invitation to paying for yourself to go to South Korea <laughs> 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 to, to visit this guy and have your dwarfism reversed. All right. That offer is firmly on the table, people. All right. What else you got, buddy? All right, let's get into some of this um, UFO stuff. All right, yes, now, yes. I'm so now, happy. Okay, go ahead. As a caveat, yes. Um, not ever all of this stuff has come out in the last week or so because, um, the na- I, and I didn't think that was much of an issue because the nature of all these reports, they're reporting things that are declassified that happened years ago. Yeah. So I said, who gives a shit if this stuff was released or happened within the last little while? It really doesn't matter because you're almost always reporting on stuff that happened years ago. Yes. So, um, remember last show? I think it was last show where we talked about that dude who, um, Said who who was the uh, former head of that uh, secret U.S. program AATIP? Yep. The uh, I, yeah, I, like I, the, I don't know what the, that stands for. Don't don't ed, put me on the spot like for that. Ed, advanced something threat identification program. <laughs> I forget what the other A stands <laughs> for. I was trying to remember it on the fly. Okay. But I do remember the TIP is Threat Identification Program. Fair enough. So basically, for that—that's the military to speak for shit. We don't know what is, so we need to identify it. <laughs> yeah. Um, remember, he said in an interview that uh, it was his belief that um, um, it was. Sorry, I'm going to sneeze here. <laughs> I do not have a mute button. Um, <laughs> Nor does any of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't have those kind of um, luxuries in the studio. Bare bones. That's right. Um, there's no, sorry. There's no assistant. <laughs> no. Um, my assistant is asleep. I'm knocking, <laughs> on, I'm knocking on that glass in between me and him in the studio. Oh, yeah. I'm like, wake up. Wake up, engineer. Yeah. I just sneezed. Damn it. <laughs> It's my cat. <laughs> um, so anyway, so that the the guy who was heading up the 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 government bureaucrat in charge of it. Remember, I mentioned he said uh, it was his belief that um, us not being alone was beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. So uh, I kind of looked up this fellow, uh, Louis Elizondo was his name, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I just looked up more stuff that he said, and uh, he said things like, um, we have to be conscious as nations of the potential threat posed by UFOs. Mm -hmm. 
And um, he uh, uh, said that, you know, he's seen um, aircrafts traveling at extremely high speeds with no visible signs of propulsion. In my opinion, if this was a court of law, we have reached the point of beyond reasonable doubt. I hate to use the term UFO, but that's what we're looking at, he hmm. said. Like, I've just got a bunch of quotes from this guy that I think are very revealing. Like, this is what this guy did day and night, you know, for a number of years, was just looking at this stuff. No. Um, he said, uh, I think it's pretty clear this is not us, and it's not anyone else. So one has to ask the question, where they're from? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. He told uh, newspapers there were geographical hot spots where these uh, occurrences happen more often than not. Okay. These are around nuclear facilities and nuclear power plants. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, he said that uh, of, of these uh, similarities and things like that between the incidents, he said, it was enough where we began to see trends and similarities and in incidents. There were very distinct observables. Extreme maneuverability, hypersonic velocity without a sonic boom, speeds of 7,000 to 8,000 miles per hour, no flight services on the objects. A lot of this is backed up with radar signal data, gun camera footage from aircraft, really? and multiple human witnesses. Wow. There was never any display of hostility, but the way they maneuvered, in ways no one else in the world had, you have to be conscious that something could happen. Mm -hmm. Whew, man. <laughs> um, okay. Mm. It's, um... The more I look into this, because, you know, I've always been interested in, like, kind of, like, weird news and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I've always kind of been like a UFO agnostic. But the more and more I actually dedicate research time to um, um, first-hand accounts and things of this nature from people who are seeing this, both with their own eyes and backed up by uh, instruments, I'm beginning to turn more from an agnostic into a true believer. Mm -hmm. um, here's some quotes from uh, Commander David Fravor, F-R-A-V-O-R, um, who was one of uh, uh, you know these military individuals who witnessed these things. Um, this is what he says. The object was about 40 feet long, had no plumes, wings, or rotors, and outpaced our F-18s. It was big enough to turn the sea 50 feet below it. I have no idea what I saw. It accelerated like nothing I've ever seen. He admitted yeah, he was pretty weirded out. <laughs> Not pretty uh, drunk. Pretty, pretty, no, no pretty weirded out. Okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty sober and ready to. Wow. You know, it's very strange. Yeah. Crazy. Um, it is crazy. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, just kind of going through this real quick to see if I see anything else. No, I don't. I'll close this article. Um, now, yeah, now, it's, now, what is behind the delay when when we hear a, a story come out from 2004? You know, like, what's going on there? Because like, <clears throat> there's so much... I mean, on the one hand, there's so much transparency on on the side of of governments and agencies. Like, we hear about so many things where we're just like, you know, if we were in North Korea, like, you would never hear that from anyone. But we hear about all kinds of stuff. But, but then some of these stories, they don't come out for 14 years later, you know. Like what's what's going on there is there is there like a an actual like men in black conspiracy to hide this stuff from actual people or is it just like no one gives a shit you know what do you, what do you think honestly i i i actually think there is a cover up mm-hmm. i think the governments of the world have determined that people are not ready for this or you know, like, I don't know what the cover-up consists of, but, like, there are a few theories. One of them is that the governments at the highest levels are already, like, negotiating, dealing with, and um, um, kind of cooperating with extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that the whole extraterrestrial thing has really kind of jumped into hyperspace around the atomic age. Yeah. Um, a lot of people state that, um, you know, maybe um, the, the popularity of, like, the space genre at that time in television and film, you know, the invasions from Mars and stuff like that, Maybe it was that stuff that influenced all these sightings um, and that they're not genuine sightings and that um, I don't buy that explanation because, like, that doesn't explain, like, why they're still happening to this day. Yeah. You know, like, people aren't like, oh, I saw a, an aircraft and it looked just like a Star Destroyer from Star Wars. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. But, um, it's, uh, uh, like, it's very tough, because it's, it's, it's a hard thing to, um, um, you know, kind of talk about, like, there's such a stigma associated with it. And that article I never mentioned, but that commander who talked about the object that he saw, that was outpaced in the F-18s, that guy, uh, he talked about, you know, having to deal with the uh, um, social stigma associated with uh, um, um, you know, reporting this kind of stuff openly. Yeah. Uh, That that Lewis 
fellow that ran the program said that that guy was a national hero for for coming out and uh, being public about his experience and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's uh, like it's it's a uh, it's very crazy. Like, um, I was never. Uh, like I said, I was I, I was I was an agnostic about it, and I'm coming more and more a believer the more I I research into this, or at least I think there there's even more there than what I uh, originally knew about, even yeah. like a few weeks ago. Yeah. How do you feel about this? It's just it's just like so many people who are they're just legitimate people, like they're not quacks, like you know, like a. Uh, a U.S. Uh, Air Force commander, like who's like hardcore dude, like comes forward with this story of you know we were flying and we saw this shit. Like this, this is not some guy in his mom's basement who's forty three and you know like like these are real people. Like this is this is serious stuff. I don't know. I. I mean, I, I we said it. I I think I said it weeks ago. Like, to me, my opinion on extraterrestrial life is is simply based on math. Like, the idea that we are alone in the universe, when you consider how big the universe is or could be, and we we can't even fathom how big it is. The idea that we're the only intelligent life form in the entire place is ridiculous in my opinion it's it's just a math game it's just you know if you if you think about how many stars and, and they represent how many planets and you know it's just i don't know i don't know like i don't know i cut trees for a living so fuck don't listen to me <laughs> don't listen to me but it's to me it's just a math game. It's 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 pretty obvious. I think it's like there's zero chance, in my opinion, that we're alone in the entire fucking universe. You know what I mean? That's how I see it. What do you think? Um, like I like I I've said already, it, it it you know to take something from what we just talked about. That guy said if we were in a court case, we'd be beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. You know, we we convict the idea that yeah. UFOs exist. Well, let's go back a little bit further in that process and let's act like detectives. Me and you are on the case. Mm-hmm. We have loads of video evidence, shocking amount of video footage. Mm-hmm. And I mean not this shaky, grainy camera image from some guy like me, you know, just Ryan, some douchebag in his backyard with a cell phone videotaping some bright light in the sky yeah these are heavily advanced um military cameras that can usually switch between different spectrums of light and all this other stuff that i have no access to yeah um that can that can detect you know different things about the object its speed it's like um relative size a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. so there's lots of instrumentation they're, these people are credible, like super credible. Like mm-hmm. a guy who gets to the point of 
piloting an F-18, that's a credible witness. Yeah, it you is. Know? 100%. It's a very, very credible witness, yep. you know. Like, yep. And my police notebook, like, that's the guy that I'm going to say, okay, this guy saw something and he's not some quack. Yeah. So now I've, I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of qualified people saying something happened. Mm. I've got I've got instrumentation, you know, a whole bunch of different types of instrumentation, radar, and like the guy listed, like cameras and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's the that's that's a case that I'd be willing to hand to like a prosecutor to be like, I'm confident that you know, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wow. man. Hmm. Crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. It's uh, kind of an element of this show. I didn't think it would go in this direction. Was uh, um, you know, it happens all over. The government of Canada is involved in these things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but you know what? Kind the, of... the the real question here is, what are the Kardashians up to this week? You know. Well, that's what they do. It's these football issues that keep us distracted from the the events. Mm-hmm. You know, they toss the football, and you go and you don't worry about where it was tossed from. The uh, <laughs> the proverbial laser toy with the cat. Yeah. You know, the second the cat's interested in you know something, you know maybe you you got a a pie that you just baked, and the cat's up on the on the mm. counter and eat mm. the pie, pull out this thing, and you're like, oh, look it over here. And the cat's <laughs> like, why is it irresistible, even though it's in its best interest to dig into that pie? Uh-huh. It's not. It's going to jump off and go after the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what? Another Kardashian nude on the Internet? Wow. At some point, it's like, is that even news? <laughs> mm. Oh, man. Um... All right, what else you got for me? So you got something crazy, I know. Come on. <laughs> Before we go into more recent crazy stuff, All right. you've heard of Roswell, right? Obviously. Everyone who knows UFOs heard of Roswell. But have you ha- heard of Shag Harbor? Shag Harbor? Sounds like something out of Austin Powers. Or Scooby-Doo, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. No? Shag Harbor? No, I haven't. No. Shag Harbor is a small community in Nova Scotia. Really? Which is what's called Canada's Roswell. Really? Okay. Shag Harbor UFO incident. Okay. Um, I like where you're going with Yeah, I wanted some Canadian content. And so I never heard of this. And it's a big thing. Like, kind of like the Shag Harbor people have kind of like worn as a badge of honor. Like, you know, kind of like if you go to Roswell, you can go to, like, alien-themed restaurants and, you know, tour, like, where things happened and stuff. Yeah. Apparently the same thing is in Stag Harbor. Hmm. Um, October 4, 1967, the tiny fishing village in the Canadian province of Nova Scotia. Um, the reports were investigated by the RCMP, the Canadian Ghost Guard, the Royal Canadian Navy and the Royal Canadian Air Force and also um, agencies of, like, the government of Canada and the United States. 
Wow. Um, all right. First, it's the whole incident. This might be kind of um boring, but I'm gonna kind of go through the precursor. There's kind of a pre-event, then the event, and then the aftermath. All right. So, um, on route to Toronto while flying over Sherbrooke and Saint Jean, Quebec, at about just under four thousand meters. Um. Canadian captain, and this is such a great Canadian name, Pierre Charbonneau, <laughs> <laughs> and his co-pilot, Bob Ralph, radioed that there was something strange at the left side of the aircraft, and this was at approximately 7.15 p.m. We've heard that this is kind of similar to the Irish report from a few weeks ago, remember? Yep. The air guy's like, there's something out the side of my aircraft. But anyways... Um, the captain reported an object tracking along a parallel course just a few miles away. He describes it as brilliantly lit, rectangular, with a string of smaller lights trailing behind the object. Okay. That was at 7.15 when he first, you know, radioed his sighting. At 7.19, uh, a few minutes later, the pilots noticed a sizable silent explosion near the large object. So they saw a big explosion, but it was silent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, two minutes later, a second explosion, again silent, and faded to a blue cloud around the object. So I guess I'm kind of picturing one side of the object, there's an explosion, but no sound. The second side of the object, again, there's an explosion, no sound. And as the explosion, you know, kind of, you know how an explosion kind of shoots out and then kind of comes back in on itself? Yeah. I'm picturing it coming back in on itself and kind of forming into a blue cloud that has now surrounded the object. Okay. Now, at this time, (laughs) Daryl Dorsey and his sister Annette and his mother were sitting on the front porch in Mahoney Bay when they noticed a large object maneuvering above the southwestern horizon. Um, and this is kind of at the, you know, where, how Nova Scotia is kind of like, um, the, how it's, how it's geography is like, you know, it's kind of like a long, thin thing. Yeah. So at the bottom of like it's it's kind of like a rectangle almost and its bottom corner kind of pointing down to the United States. Yeah. That's where all this is happening. This okay. lets you kind of picture it. Okay. Um, so uh uh so they saw this large object maneuvering from their porch along the southwestern horizon and so uh um this this young guy, you know, is a young kid as kind of a, a project or whatever he's interested he he writes the rcaf greenwood base commander asking what was flying over the water that evening because he had never seen anything like it so i'm guessing this young boy likes to watch the you know the um um planes from the air base flying around yeah. um so again here we are kind of the pre-events as they're happening i'm going to switch so now we've had the the guy in the air see this object. Individuals on the ground see this object. And now we're going to merchant vessel Nickerson, NV Nickerson, uh, base of 
based out of Sambro, Nova Scotia. Um, while standing at the wheelhouse of his vessel, Captain Leo Howard Mercy was looking at four blips on his radar that were stationary. When he looked up about 20 kilometers ahead from the vessel's windows, he could see the four bright objects situated in a roughly rectangular formation. The entire crew of nearly 20 fishermen stood on the deck and watched the object in the northeastern sky. Mercy radioed the Rescue Coordination Center and the harbor master in Halifax asking for an explanation and filed a report with the Lunenburg RCMP outlining his sightings when they arrived in port. Hmm. Okay, now we're going to Halifax Harbor. The Chronicle Herald, the Halifax newspaper, newspaper, and the local radio station reported a glowing object that had been seen by many, many people who had called their newsroom saying they're seeing this thing out on the water. Um, you know, around 10 p.m. So this started, if you recall, the very first call was from the the airplane guy headed to Halifax or headed from Halifax to Toronto, uh, seeing something at 7.15. And people in Hal Halifax are seeing it around 10. So this thing has been kind of going around for a while. And then the fishing guy, he sees it um, out near himself. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing it maybe went down near the water or whatever. Um, on the night of October 24th, at about 11.20 p.m., it was, so now, so at 7.15 it was in the air. Uh, at 10 p.m., it was flying around Halifax Harbor. Now, an hour and 20 minutes later, 11.20 p.m. So people are observing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, people, you know, one of the things, and I, I, I'm sorry if this is a little bit boring. It's kind of a long explanation. But, you know, some, one of the things is when people see this, they're like, oh, they didn't know what they were seeing. You know, they didn't get a little look at People could have been looking at this thing for hours. Yeah. It's not just, oh, out of the corner of my eye, I caught something. Like, these people are just like, what the fuck is this thing? Mm -hmm. Well, at 11.20 p.m., it is reported that something had crashed into the water of Shag Harbor. We finally get to Shag. And at least, yeah, at, <laughs> least, <laughs> at, least <laughs> at least 11 people saw a low-flying lit object head towards the harbor. Multiple witnesses reported hearing a whistling sound mm. that sounded like a bomb, like a, you know, yeah. that sound, like that classic, uh, you know, wily coyote just fell off the cliff trying to catch the roadrunner, and, you know, he falls before he gets the cloud of dust. Yeah. Um, so, remember, we talked about that much later report, I think it was from 2014, where there was an object in the air interacting with an object, they believe, under the water. Mm, yes. The tic-tac-toe. No, tic-tac. Yeah. <laughs> um, the tic-tac UFO is what I meant. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, uh, yeah, and... Um, a bunch of people saw this thing crash into the water, and they originally thought that uh, um, it was a, an airplane or something. Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, 
an individual and his friends saw the object in the water about 300 meters offshore, you know, um, in Shag Harbor. Mm -hmm. So they sent out like a search and rescue team and everything else to go look for this thing. Nothing was ever found. They never discovered anything. Um, the, uh, um, you know, they looked around for aircraft that might have been the, in the area. Um, no aircraft were missing from anywhere. Um, no survivors, no body, no debris or anything like that ever washed up on shore later. Um, the, uh, um, you know, the, the search and rescue expert continued into the next few days. Still nothing was ever found. Um, the, uh, um, um, the whole thing is, you know, it's very strange. It's another one of those things that, like, we have, you know, um, an air pilot who is a... Uh, trustworthy witness we have instrument documentation that fisherman said that he saw the objects on his radar hmm. so eyewitnesses reports of this thing you know they said that it looked like it crashed into the water maybe this is kind of related to that later 2014 thing you know we're seeing these ufos and uh like i had never thought that UFOs were in the water too, but like it seems that uh, um... well, I mean, it, it's not it's not that hard to believe because if a if a ship comes down out of space, right? Like, th there's no reason that it can't go underwater as well. Like, it's it's the yeah. same it's the same thing. Like, it's you know. It's airtight. It's it can go in space. It can go in water. It's the same thing, really. So, it's not that difficult, you know. Once you once you really think about it, it's it's totally believable. So, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Um, and you know, uh, speaking of search and rescue uh, situations and recovering uh, materials and stuff brings me to uh, this little tidbit, and this is, we're off the Shag Harbor thing now, but we're still in the UFOs. Mm -hmm. U.S. government recovered materials from unidentified flying object it does not recognize. What year is this? This is, this is uh, again, coming off of... Um, um, those AATIP declassified uh, um, reports okay. where they're, uh, you know, talking about these UFOs. And um, I believe this is from a 2004 encounter. Can't really find the date, but It'll probably in here. Let me see. Um, 
The Pentagon has reportedly recovered metal alloys from unidentified flying objects that scientists do not recognize. Materials which have amazing properties are being stored in modified buildings in Las Vegas. The U.S. Department of Defense um, sorry, uh, the U.S. Department of Defense does not know what the materials are made of. It's some sort of compound we do not recognize. Hmm. Um, and that is all the information that they're giving us. <laughs> That's it. They, uh, they, you know, because it was one of these access to information things, and I guess all the information they're going to have access to is they have metals from unidentified flying objects. The scientists do not know what the metals are. These metals have, quote, amazing properties, hmm. and they have to be stored in some sort of modified building. I'm not quite sure what that means. Um... <laughs> they and it all all it says yeah is that these materials have you know the, these objects are being studied and scientists cannot figure out what accounts for their quote amazing properties hmm. so we don't know what these amazing properties are we can only speculate i guess wow but like w w if it's not alien technology, like all these people who are against this or whatever, or poo-poo the idea, or act like you're an idiot, then what the hell is it and where is it from? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, if you're going, you, like some of these reports we're looking at, if you're going to say it doesn't exist, then what is the alternative? What is it? Mm -hmm. What is that object that was observed by a bunch of people that well, we talked about last week with the Tic Tac? What was the object that went 60,000 feet down to 50 feet in seconds? Mm -hmm. What was this object that this guy we talked about tonight said he observed going 8,000 miles per hour, had no means of propulsion, had no wings, nothing coming off it, it was just plain? Hmm. And it's going 8,000 miles per hour? Crazy. Where do we come from? Like, what what is the other explanation for these things? If there's always a natural explanation, then what are they? Crazy. The Chinese doesn't have this shit. <laughs> the Russians don't have this. The Americans don't have it. North Koreans? Like that guy said, if... If we don't have it, who does? <laughs> so it's not us. Yeah. Mm. I think is us means humans. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. It's very... So, like, they... It's kind of like, remember, like, Roswell, it's always been Area 51. They have alien technology there. Um... At, and it's always, like, Area 51, its official existence wasn't even admitted to until uh, Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. 
Barack Obama is the first t president, and it was during his time period where the United States government actually admitted that Area 51 even exists, despite the fact that people can get on a nearby hill and look at binoculars and see the facility and videotape it and take pictures of it. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, that's not there. And it's right <laughs> Hmm. All right. So we, um, my my question for you is uh, worldwide earthquake. Do you have an update on this story? The worldwide earthquake that we, that you talked uh, about last week. Yeah. Um, is there any? I haven't any developments. I. Uh, you know, they're still dealing with. Um, 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 these after effects I just um, I typed in recent earthquake earthquakes to see if uh, we're seeing anything here because I said it, I've had a feeling it's just going to mean, mean more and more of this stuff mm -hmm. so, um, New Caledonia do you know where New Caledonia is? nope huh Okay, because I'm going back, because that happened on November 11th. And so I'm kind of just looking at earthquakes that have happened since then, because we know, we've already talked about how Alaska's a shit show. New Caledonia, December 4th, 6.0. Also December 4th, 5.9. Another one, 5.9. Another one, 5.7. Don't want to be living in New Caledonia right now. 6.6. 5. Um... And then they get a few days of re reprieve, and then another 5.7. Holy where, cow. Where is that that's town? Just a, that's just New Caledonia. No, that's, it looks like an island. I'm guessing it's like a, a minor country, New Caledonia. Okay. Um, it seems to be earthquakes in Chile, um, earthquake in Indonesia, and, of course, there we go. There's another one. Uh and Anchorage, Alaska, um, magnitude 4.0 again in Alaska there, mm. and uh, a 4.0 in Big Lake, Arkansas. Really? So the yeah. Um, uh, I, I I'm looking here, and I can't find any update on that worldwide tremor. From November 11th. Cover up. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, doing this show here on the fly. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking. Man, yeah, no one seems to be reporting on it again. I can see, like... Our initial report on it was around the end of November, I think, and uh, that seems to be all the articles I could find about it. People seem to have abandoned this, I guess. Really? Yeah. Or maybe they're not linking it to any of these other events. Hmm. Because, uh... Hmm. Yeah. All I 
found was one thing that kind of says that there's a fear of something with the Earth's crust. But, uh, I don't know. I don't see anything from, I guess the mystery will remain. <laughs> or at least these scientists haven't come up with a explanation for this yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm looking here. I don't see anything. I don't see any update whatsoever. I'll have to, I'll, I'll make it a special mission of mine to dig into it over the next week, see if I can find anything. All right. Because it could be very possible that these earthquakes occurring are related, but I don't know how um, you... uh you know, how you prove that. Yeah. Well, here we go. I've got a bit of a report from uh, The Guardian here. It says, magma shift may have caused mysterious seismic wave event. <laughs> okay. Um, so what happened... Now there's a little bit more. This is a pretty decent article. It said the rumble started off Mayotte, that island, that French island off the coast of Madagascar. It traveled 9,000 miles per hour around the world. Um, uh, Stephen Hicks, a seismologist at the University of Southampton, in the UK was on the case fast he says what's unusual is you see this very long signal traveling most of the way around the world which hasn't been detected by operational earthquake detection systems by looking at it when different seismic stations dotted around the planet detected the rumble the 30 minute or so signal was traced back to an event that took place around 9.30 in the morning this year near Mayotte Geologists knew that a number of tremors had already rocked the region since a magnitude 5.08 earthquake in May. So there was, yeah, there was a, a kind of a, a medium-sized earthquake there in May. But earthquakes unleash high-frequency seismic waves that vibrate back and forth from side to side. This source was completely deficient of those waves. It wasn't picked up because the signal had a very low frequency. It was a low, gentle rumbling. Hmm. Um. The the vibrations took about 40 minutes to reach Britain and an hour and 15 minutes to reach Hawaii, more than 11,000 miles from their point of origin. Wow. So, he doesn't say... So, I don't know if this guy's even right or if this is just a bullshit explanation. Because what I'm reading here is he says... You know, low-frequency rumbles, you know, are rare but not unheard of. They can be detected um, around glaciers, landslides, and sudden shifts of magma beneath volcanoes. And uh, he he remarks there are no glaciers near Mayotte. And an underwater landslide would be picked up by the hydrophone surrounding the ocean. So he says that leaves a magma shift as the prime culprit. 
Um, he says that um, um, it would have been a low thing, like a low rumble or whatever, and it's something that you may not have originally perceived as an earthquake, but if like a lava um, um, chamber, you know, uh, suddenly collapsed and leaked, um, it would cause a lower registry registering, you know, uh, on the on the instruments. But the thing is, is that he also goes on to say that they've recorded these events before and they didn't look like that. But this, he just says, well, since there's no glaciers and no landslides, I guess it has to be this. <laughs> that just seems like they found some guy willing to give an answer. I'm not even very satisfied by that at all. I'm not either. No. I think it's bull crap. Hmm. I still think... You know, like, who knows? Like, November 11th, we haven't even been a month yet since this weird-ass thing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no one else seems to be talking about it. But that's not unusual. The mainstream media isn't really talking about it. Again, like, who cares? Um, you know, Trump tweeted something that hurt feelings or something. I don't know if he actually did. I'm sure he did. He does every day. You know, people <laughs> rage about, like, the thousand But, uh, okay. Well, never mind a worldwide earthquake, folks. No, nothing to see here. Or, or UFOs. Here. UFOs? No, nothing to see here. 8,000 miles per hour, man. Ah. That's ah. fast. Ah. <laughs> Whatever. Ah, uh, man. Very strange happenings. Hmm. Very strange happenings. I just, uh, um, I guess something I have to mention, um, the Ukraine and Russia, their border tensions kind of heating up a bit. The Russian Navy ramming a few uh, Ukrainian boats and boarding them and kind of, so. When you, say, when, you, a, when you say boarding them, you mean like, like tossing ropes with like grappling hooks? To the top of the rigging and then swinging over with knives in their mouths i hope that's what i you mean yeah i'd like to hope so okay all right i just want to clarify that like i could just picture some russian that's oh, all like yeah. oh yeah Arr! oh yeah hard as fuck just just yeah. swinging over okay all right sweet. i am captain yuri gregory or something <laughs> 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 this is my first mate vladimir <laughs> Crimea area is just, um, and eastern Ukraine is disputed, is essentially in the middle of a, a civil war. Yeah. Yeah. The rebels backed by Russia, the Ukrainians backed by the West. But what no one ever talks about, and this is the thing, is that, so the Russians have had a a naval base in Crimea for a very, very, very long time. Like, 
Yeah. So the Crimean War and shit. Like this is what we're talking about. This is a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um. So they have that naval base there, and uh, they've blockaded the the harbor going into the naval base because of their um, ongoing dispute with the Ukraine, mm-hmm. which is going on for a few years now. When the uh, when Russia annexed Crimea from the Ukraine into Russia, and uh, which is, you know, a thing like the Western propaganda is Russia stole the Crimea and Eastern Ukraine from Ukraine, and it's an invasion. That's what they always say. They always say Putin invaded the Ukraine. Yeah. What actually happened was the people of these regions held a referendum, Mm -hmm. uh, and the referendum didn't go Ukraine's way. So then the Ukraine kind of moved troops into these, what were, I guess, like kind of like autonomous regions, because these are made up of Russian, ethnic Russians who speak Russia and have always identified, for the most part, as Russians. The areas in question were gifted to the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic by the Russian Soviet Socialist Republic when they were both members of the old Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, the USSR, mm-hmm. which everyone knows was, you know, on paper a conglomeration, a union of a bunch of different countries who were independent but were united in. But in, like, reality, the whole USSR was just one big country. So it was really like, you know, you take a, a, I don't know, a region of Ontario that's always been a part of Ontario. And then we, the federal Canadian government gifts it from Ontario to Quebec. And then, you know, 50 years down the road, uh, that region then... um, votes to rejoin Ontario and then, you know, Quebec gets mad about that and, you know, all this time they've kind of let that region do its own thing. So then they move troops into that region yeah, to keep them from going back to Ontario. Uh-huh. So that's kind of what's happened because, like, this, this moving from gifting this Crimean area in this eastern Ukraine area was gifted to the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic in like the 1950s. So it's, they haven't been Ukrainian for very long, and before that they were Russia for literally hundreds of years. Yeah. They're ethnic Russian, they speak Russian, they write Russian, everything's Russian there. Hmm. Uh, and like I said, Russia has a major naval base, so after the Soviet Union split up, Russia kept its naval base there with an agreement with the Ukraine. And so what happened was, after these individuals voted to um, rejoin Russia, the vote was to either remain Ukrainian or uh, separate from the Ukraine and rejoin Russia. Uh, So Ukraine moved, went to move troops into these areas after these referendums didn't go their way. and just uh, uh, that's when they were preempted by the Russians. The Russians already had a huge military presence in the Crimean. And near the um, 
Ukrainian border, which I'm assuming they were ready to back up their Russian compatriots, mm-hmm. and they moved in before the Ukrainians could move in. Ah. So they're all kind of just sitting there. So that was a big invasion. And like I said, it's really just these people kind of going back to Russia. And another thing we're not allowed to talk about that's not talked about in Western media, because like if you see this on CBC, they're just going to say, Putin invaded the Ukraine. And that's that's literally that whole context I just told you. Like I said, history is the context for which the events are happening. Mm-hmm. I just told you the context. Yeah. Like you, if you listen to the CBC, you have pictures of like Ukrainians speaking Ukrainian and like those evil Russians coming in and like taking them over. And that's that's not the case. It's Russians kind of occupying other Russians. Now, granted, they were on territory that was for the last 50 years Ukrainian after it was gifted by Russia but like the Soviet Union this is just kind of like an aftershock of the breakup of the Soviet Union in 1991 or whatever the hell it was yeah and you know how the West always gets involved in all this bullshit one of the things we do the best is the the US the CIA is uh, toppling governments and shit so the Ukrainians during the Obama era, uh, had elected some guy that the West did not approve of, because this guy wanted closer relations to Russia, wanted to be friends with Russia. Mm. The United States wanted someone who wanted the Ukraine to join the European Union, our allies, and I'm assuming so that we could move weapons into Ukraine. That's always what happens. You're part of the European Union now. We can move weapons into there, and it's right on Russia's border. Yeah. Because Obama was very, very aggressive toward Russia. They didn't like each other at all. So when the Ukrainians, like I just mentioned, voted in this guy who was pro-Russia, the CIA went to work. And uh, there's a lot of evidence, and you never know these things out in the open. But there's plenty of evidence if you want to look into it, and maybe I will for the show, but it's kind of like old news now, that um, the CIA fomented kind of like a, I think they called it the Orange Revolution. It was big news at the time during the Obama era. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those things where our media is over there all praising this quote-unquote grassroots movement to topple this guy. And they placed in... Um, a non-democratically elected uh, uh, um, leader who's pro-West, pro-Europe, wants Ukraine to be part of the European Union and stuff. Well, fast forward to this past week, and that individual who Obama's CIA put into power in the Ukraine because he's pro-West, after toppling the democratically elected leader who was pro-Russia, that guy now is facing re-election himself in the Ukraine and stands at 8% of support and is widely suspected to lose. Just days before this Ukrainian election, this guy gets the ships to start steaming at full speed ahead, these Ukrainian warships, toward the Crimean, uh, these Ukrainian warships towards the Crimean um, naval base. And like I said, the Russians, it's kind of like you. You know, a harbor is kind of like a U shape, and they've kind of closed off the the top of the U yeah. to keep ships from just going in there. Because not only is it 
uh, harbor. It's a, it's a naval base, and it's a very important one that the Russians do not want to lose if you just look at where the Crimea is geographically. It's one of their only access points. In fact, it is their only access point for their navy in the whole area. It's their entire fleet's base has to be there. Yeah. So, um, anyways, this guy who's facing elections gets the uh, um, Ukrainian warships to start speeding full steam toward this, this barrier, this harbor. And the Russians are hailing them. And there's lots of, if any of our listeners want to look at the, the video on the YouTube, just look this up. You can find it easy enough. Uh, the Russians are hailing uh, the Ukrainians, like hailing on the radio, uh, you know, stop, stop, blah, blah, blah. This is restricted water space, blah, blah, blah. You, you know the scenario. But the Ukrainians weren't responding and just kept steaming towards, uh, these Ukrainian warships kept steaming towards the harbor. So then... The, the Russian warships, Coast Guard and warships, Navy, uh, come out to intercept. And again, they're um, like big boys, using their words first, um, and then eventually have to ram the Ukrainian warships with their warships hmm. and board them with, like, boarding guns. And, like, it's very similar to the pirate days, except instead of swinging across the sails, you know, you're, you get all your gung-ho guys with their machine guns and their bulletproof vests, the flat vests and helmets and shit, and you physically take over. Fortunately, there weren't no, uh, you know, people being blown away or anything like that. The Ukrainians surrendered and stuff. Yeah. But back home in the Ukraine, as a result, and this is how the West is depicting it. If you go on the CBC and check this out tonight, the Putin and those evil Russians just boarded and seized Ukrainian warships. So that good guy we have in Ukraine has just declared martial law just a few days before he was, remarkably a few days before he was expected to lose a democratic election. Mm. Now there are no elections and he gets to stay in power. He's uh. our guy. Once again, the same old story of a Western-backed, imposed dictator. So, is again, you go on CBC, they're going to say, Russia took these ships. I'm going to say this was a fomented, fake event, so this guy could seize complete control of that country. Another asshole CIA dictator. Thank you, Western world. <laughs> I forgot to mention that whole thing. I did that at the beginning of the show. Okay. Yeah. But that's the real news behind the fake news you get on the Western media propagandists. All right. All right. Well, wow. So that was uh, that was quite the week in, in the news there. I guess and I... the best thing about it, you get all these people, the normals are all like, oh, World War Three. Oh, 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 Putin's bad. And I'm like, where are the bad guys in this situation? Mm. The evil bad dictator who's attacking, like, the Russians were only defending themselves. Mm. You do that anywhere. Yeah. That's the exact same thing is going to happen. Mm. Even if you're not in a warship. If me and you read some fishing vessel, you know, we set off from Shag Harbor, Nova Scotia. And we go towards a United States military base, and they'll hail us saying, yo, this is restricted water, and we don't respond, and we just keep going towards the base. What do you think is going to happen? Mm -hmm. 
the United States Coast Guard is going to show up, hail us, and if we still don't respond, they're going to board us. They're going to take us over. Mm -hmm. But it's being depicted like the Russians have taken this extremely, extremely violent step, threatening world peace. And I'm like, they did exactly what any other country with a naval base would do. Especially when it's warships of a country you're not particularly having a good time with right now. You gotta, so it would be like a bunch of Chinese warships are headed towards a U.S. military base. Now it's that's what it's like. A bunch of Chinese warships headed towards a U.S. naval base, and they're not responding to any of the hail. But no, according to, you know, Western media sources, this was a you know, uh, uh, an unprovoked attack by the evil Vladimir Putin. They're, they treat Putin like they treat Donald Trump. They act like he's, like, sitting there at some chessboard moving pawns. Like, he, he personally calls up, like, every single person and says, Yo, uh, uh, you know, Vladimir, how's the wife and kids doing? Can I get you to do this for me? Yeah. They act like Putin is some, like, crazy mastermind behind everything. I'm like, hmm. No, I think it's just guys who are just doing what they were trained to do. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely a worrisome situation. You know, there's a few spots in the world that everyone's always kind of worried about when the next big war is going to be, especially when we're dealing with these superpowers. Mm -hmm. But uh, who knows? Yeah, well, it's it's something to, to, uh, to pay attention to, you know, if you're the kind of person who pays attention to the news. Like you are, so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Well, yeah, you, you gotta pay attention to the new. Well, the, <laughs> you know, I, I I think I'm quoting Mark Twain when he says, like, if you read the newspaper, or sorry, he says, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed, and if you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you threw that in there right at the end. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Mark Twain. All right. And it's true to this day. All right. Unless you're listening to the Weekend Update. Well, the the fact checkers will, will be on you about that one. So. No, that was good. That was good. That was a good Weekend Update. So, uh, Ryan, uh, keep paying attention to the news, and uh, I will keep not paying attention to the news and if you feel like it we'll do this again next weekend what do you think i think that's a great idea right and on. in the meantime don't eat the yellow snow ah see truth bombs right there at the end you see that is why people stick around till the bitter end they listen to fucking 45 minutes of you just ranting because they want to know, like, what is the truth? And that's that, it's right there. It's right there. So I love that. Thank you. Hey, man, that's good advice. That is good advice. I, I, I second that. I third that. Hey, fuck. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah, well, I guess Til it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, yeah. folks. Yeah, till next weekend. All right, peace. Peace.